<laughs> that's like you know what it is it's a, it's like that embarrassing thing it's like the wedding where like the grandfather's like dancing to that kind of music yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's you singing it <laughs> uh tuesday i don't even know the date but it doesn't matter because it's episode 68 of on taking pictures that's the thing that matters right mm-hmm. hmm mm-hmm uh, we are here each and every week talking about photography, more or less, uh, art, science, philosophy, opinion, all that great stuff that makes you want to go out and take more pictures, hopefully. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris from FadedAndBlurred.com, and with me, an especially fancy, which we'll get into, Bill Wadman. Hi, Jeffrey. How are you? Well... Not as good as you, Mr. I shot Seth Godin over the weekend. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good shoot. That was great. And, are, and, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it. I, I, I probably wasn't the first to say it, but I did say it. Uh, probably, in my opinion, your best work in quite a long time. Um, thank you. Uh, I, I am very happy with them. Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. And then um, Scott Kelby goes and retweets my pictures. Yeah. Uh, just don't listen to last week's show, Scott. Yeah. Scott, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize. <laughs> That's the sound of backpedaling. <laughs> you know, the, the one the one day that I make a crack at another guy's expense. Yeah. Is the yeah. one day that that guy sit, does something nice for me. Yeah. It's just my luck. As I've been saying all weekend, of all the gin joints in all the yeah. world. Yeah. Karma is a bitch. <laughs> it really is. It, is it? Irony can be pretty ironic sometimes. Um, so, so how did this come about, this Seth Godin shoot? Oh, you know, we were emailing. and Seth and, is big, right? Yeah. He's, you know, I guess he, he, you're a bigger fan of his writing than I am even. I, I love his writing. I think he is a wonderful human being. Right. So, I mean, he writes all these sort of marketing books and, and, and sort of it's 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 like it's crosses the line between marketing and philosophy and mm-hmm. and, and self. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Realization. Yeah. OK, I can see that. Yeah. And um, so I was emailing with him. And I said, you know, we should we should take some portraits. And he's like, oh, that'd be great. You know, <clears throat> so I so uh, we went up there and uh, I went up to his office up in. Hastings upon Hudson or wherever it is. Hastings? I think it was Hastings. Which apparently is also where Marco Arment now lives. Okay, now, uh, not being an East Coast person, is that still in New York? Is that a dumb question? Uh, it's not New York City, but it is in New York State, yeah. It is in New York State. It's, okay. uh, it's about if a, someone were to say upstate New York, is that what they no, would be talking no, 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 about? No, no. This, no. The, it, uh, upstate New York is hours and hours away. This is a half an hour on the Metro North. This ah, is okay. Westchester. I guess, yeah, technically. Yeah, I think it is still Westchester. Uh, it's it's right on the river, on the Hudson River. Like, if you were on the west side highway of New York City and just mm-hmm. kept going north, in about a half an hour, you'd end up at, at this place. Ah, okay. So, I went up there, and I, and I, I had my first chance to use my new Pelican case, uh, which uh, is pretty nice, I yeah. have to admit. So, um, all, your entire kit... Fit in this one case, right? Yeah. Should I talk about That's that now, or do you want to talk about that later? Whatever I, you want to do. Okay. It's you know what? Pretend it's your show. 
<laughs> Thanks, Dan. Um, <laughs> it's your show. Um, I'll talk about that later. So anyway, yeah, I went up there with, the, with just my Pelican case and my kit. And um, super nice guy uh, was just like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Uh, very accommodating, very uh, uh, responsive, you know, took everything very seems seriously. Like yeah. Seems like he would be patient and, and look, you're the professional here. Do what you need to get the best results. Yeah. And very respectful, mm-hmm. which is something that, you know, we talk a lot about people um, appreciating art or not appreciating art. And, and, and people not willing to pay for stuff and, and thinking that, you know, they can get their pictures taken for $25. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to, to meet and work with people who are themselves very successful at what they do, who don't treat you like hired help. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I think of I think of the 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 Dan Winters story with Tom Hanks. Yes, it's with, ex- where, it was, know, he's like, yeah. just take as long as you need. It's it was exactly like that. That's very cool. Very so cool. Um, so we uh, so I get up there and 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 you know I set up a light and and we take some shots and we move around the place and we take a bunch of different things and he has this crazy sort of uh, couch that looks like it's out of Doctor Seuss and we took some stuff on the couch. Um, yeah, super nice guy. Uh, so wait, so this is just his office. This is not his home. This is just his uh, office. No, I think this is, yeah, it's just sort of like this condo that he uses as his office. Uh-huh. Um, and it, I mean, it was full of books and art on the walls and all the rest of it. So it's, it, but it was, it, it, you know, it was, it was, it was slightly cluttered for what I would ideally have wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and the picture that I really wanted to take was sort of very minimal, um, dark background, single light to one side. I wanted, I wanted to do something very classic, you know? Sure. And sort of a, a, a modern color take on a Irving Penn portrait. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, <clears throat> you know, and, now did you talk about that prior to with him of what you wanted to accomplish in terms of, of uh, creative direction or did you just kind of put him where you wanted him and shoot away. I said, I'm I'm just, you know, I'm going to sit you here, you know, at the corner of this table. He was like, yep, no problem. You know, like, where do you want me? And I was like, you know, just put your hands on the table, relax, lean, you know, the usual stuff. I didn't say I'm looking to take an Irving Penn portrait of you. Right. Right. Um, So, so be reverent and serious, man. Um, look, he's got a good look anyway. You know, Mm -hmm. he's got this bald head and, you know, he's got these crazy funky glasses and, you know, so he's very iconic no matter how you, you shoot him. Um, so yeah, so we, you know, we, we, sh- we shot that stuff and we shot around the room. I think we took pictures for a little, I was there for about an hour exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what it always cracks me up when people say, oh, you know, we had this shoot and it was seven hours long or six hours. Like, what are you doing for six hours or four hours? You know, um, I mean, I guess if you have lots of really complicated setups, but anyway, the long and short of it is that I just, I used, most of them were environmental light. Most of them I used available light. I just used window light because there was this nice window light coming into place. Uh, but for the like main shot that I like that I've ended up putting on my portfolio, it was uh, just a 36 inch soft lighter, you know, mm-hmm. uh, nothing big. Well, 36 inches, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But uh but yeah, and you know, I sent them to him, and 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 he wrote me back the other day saying that that the one that I like, uh, he said, "Wow, uh, it's one of the best pictures ever taken of me." See, that's nice. 
Yeah. And, and that's like, what you want to hear. That, that's exactly what I said to him. I said, that's exactly what I like to hear from subjects. You know? Yeah, that's I mean, fantastic. That's, that's what you want, right? Sure. You want sure. people to respect you. So, so yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. And uh, I'm sure he and I will uh, stay in touch. <clears throat> I, well, um, I'm, I'm very glad you got to do it. Yeah, it was, uh, was mostly was because of you. You were sorry. just like, you need to contact this guy. I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Yeah. You know? See? Uh, he, he just goes to show you. You reach out and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, he really likes, he's, he's known a bunch of my other portraits. Like he's seen the Gladwell one and, and, mm-hmm. and Zay and all those people. So I was a known quantity to him before I even contacted him, I guess. You know, like where he went and looked at my portfolio and he said, oh, I... I know this guy's work. Right. Which is always, you know, that, that gets you in the door, right? In a way that if you were just starting out, maybe he wouldn't say yes. You know? Sure. Um, sure. But, yeah, gave you a little edge on, on whether or not he said, yeah, I, I can do this. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I was starting out doing like 365 portraits like five years ago, there were fancy people I went to who were very nice and very open to doing stuff like that. Then there were others who obviously didn't have the time, you know, or mm-hmm. acted like they didn't have the time. Um, I wonder if you went back to them now, would they have the time? Yeah, that's interesting. I, mean, was it, I should was go it find really, the list. Yeah. Was it really you didn't have the time or was it I'm, I'm bigger than your portfolio? Yeah, probably. I mean, there's got look, there's got to be some of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I don't have all the time in the world, you know, to, to do what other people need me to do. Um, yesterday, actually, I, I ended up um, uh, doing an interview for listener of the show brian frank yep uh is doing that make dot do make do documentary right where he's right. talking to all different creative people and and uh he, he was in new york he was traveling around got, made his kickstarter made his five thousand dollars or whatever he needed on kickstarter and uh came into town and we went up in the park and he set up a couple one one t2i one t3i and little shotgun mic and Filmed me answering questions for an hour. It was interesting. Now, uh, was he on camera with you or just you? Uh, just me. He was off camera. Um, and uh, he had one one sort of tight, one wide, you know, like the usual mm-hmm. sort of setup. I mean, I didn't see his footage or anything like that, so I can't comment on that. But uh, but yeah, it was just, it was, you know, so, <clears throat> sorry, I have something in my throat. It's, I mean, I will do that kind of stuff because... I would have wanted people to do that for me when I was starting. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Like I, I'd no, like to be the guy who says yes, you know, you know, uh, now, okay. I called you yesterday. Were you, were you guys in the middle of it or were you just finishing up? Uh, at the point I, you called me, he was about to, it, Claude came and met us. Okay. And, uh, cause and I actually he, didn't he, talk to you. You were just like here. And you yeah. Well, cause, to him. <laughs> well, cause I wanted, I, I wanted him to talk to you cause yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. So if he goes to LA, like maybe you can talk to him. Yeah. It'd be great. I guess he is San Diego. Is that where he said he's from? San Diego. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's from San Diego. So anyway, yeah. So Seth's shoot was, uh, it was good. You know? Good. It's fun. Again, it's just, it's just nice working with people who respect you and, and uh, it allows you to do a better job. If people, if your subjects take what you're doing as seriously as you do, um, that's a great thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, let's try a shot where you're laying down on the couch like you're, you know, at a shrink's office. And he was like, yeah, all right. You know, not like, oh, I don't know if I want to. Yeah, that's not the image I want to portray. <clears throat> yeah, he was like, you know, I trust you. So, I mean, they're, they're, I like that kind of thing, you know. Uh, I, I, what I wanted, I'd like to do is come up with a more 
conceptual shoot to do with him at some point. Mm-hmm. Something a little more off off the wall. You know. It sounds like he'd be up for it. That's that's great. Yeah, I think he might be. So yeah, so that was good. Yeah. Man, I shouldn't have made that joke about Scott Kelby last week. Karma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? <clears throat> Uh, what, what do you have in the notes here? You got this, this, uh, we talked, well, we talked about this on the phone. Which um, this idea of, of don't try to be an expert, try to be an amateur. Yeah. Everybody wants to be an expert. Everybody's out like wanting to show you that they know all there is to know about whatever. Shooting with one light or shooting with five lights or, right. you know, compositing yeah. Photoshop things. <clears throat> yeah. Do you do you do you think that it's that when people start acting like experts they lose the passion of an amateur? I certainly think there's a possibility of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, one of the first interviews that I did uh was with a guy named Stuart Sipigel and he's a professional photographer but refers to himself as an amateur. And, and I asked him why. And he said, because amateur means for the love of. That's where that word comes from. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I, I don't ever want to lose sight of that. That I'm doing this because I love it. Not because there's some financial payoff in it or not because I need to put food on the table. Those might be elements to it, but they can't be why I do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always stuck with me <clears throat> since I talked to him about it. And, you know, the last... I don't know, few months, I've been really struggling with, with what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. What have and, you come up with? Uh, well, it's obviously it's still a work in, in <clears throat> progress, but there, there's this idea of, you know, I, I get stuck in, in how do I monetize this? I'd love to do this, but how do I monetize it? I'd love yeah. to do that, but how do I monetize it? And I don't think that that's, for me, the way that I can approach things. The, uh, the money has to be the byproduct. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, <clears throat> sorry, something in my throat. Uh, I was actually discussing this with Brian yesterday on, his, on the interview and saying that if, if, when you're making art, if you're trying to get what you plan to get out of it at the end if if fame and fortune is the answer or notoriety <clears throat> you can't you can't plan for that kind of stuff you can't even plan for i'm going to make really great work all you can do is say i'm going to make work right and if it ends up being great super but you right. can't force it to be great right you know i don't think leonardo da vinci sat down and said i'm going to paint the most famous painting i'm ever going to do today you know i just think he sat down and he painted the mona lisa Right. You know, and I don't think that he thought now whether or not the Mona Lisa is the greatest painting he ever did. I'll put that aside for the moment, but you're the most famous, I guess, you know? Sure. Um, and so I, I think that, I think you just have to do and all the stuff that comes out of it, including the commercial stuff in many ways is, is like, as you say, a byproduct, right? That you can't, you you can't. I think that people like you and me can't think the same way an entrepreneur thinks. Mm-hmm. And I think entrepreneurs think that way a lot of times. You know, 
they like, oh, I have this idea. All right, let's find a way to make a business around it. Right. And okay. And this is kind of what's messing me up a little bit is because I've been listening to a lot of and reading. I've been listening to you know entrepreneurial podcasts. I've been reading books about entrepreneurship, and you know that's great. But I'm trying to, on some level, shoehorn myself into their model. Right. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm having a, a tough time I mean, with. Yes, I, I want to make that money way, doing this. I feel that way even when I read Seth's stuff sometimes, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's a lot of times he's talking about things as like, oh, this is a successful business because all these people got to know about this idea and whatever it is. Right. <clears throat> He's generally not talking about ideas for the sake of ideas. It's ideas and how they lead to commerce. Right. And, and that's, that's a different way of thinking for me. Yes. Because I tend to just think of, well, this would be great. This would be fun. This would be satisfying. Oh, look, I made money from it. Right. And, and when, I, when, I, when I try and start out on the other direction of, okay, what are ideas that would make money? Right. Well, okay, here's the long and short of it, gang. You don't know. And you're never going to know. It could sound like the greatest idea in the world on paper, but then when you actually implement it, it falls flat and vice versa. You know, on a, yeah. on a much smaller note, uh, some of the most popular posts that we do on Faded and Blurred are, they're not throwaways, but they happen very quickly and they're just something that I, I think about or that Nikki thinks about or that's interesting and we just write it out, put it up. And, you know, a ton of people like it. Right. Whereas the things that we spend, you know, hours or days crafting go sometimes largely unnoticed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's, 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 it's very difficult to, to realize or recognize why you're doing something for what reasons you're doing something. There's also a level of personal morality in all of it. Sure. You know, in the sense that, you know, as much as, you know, I like money as next as much as the next guy in, in as much as it can do things for me, you know, it's, right. um, and I've made money and I haven't made money and I've, you know, it, none of that has really changed my life in any appreciable way. Sure. Certainly hasn't changed my view of myself in any appreciable way. Um, so in the same, in the same, along the same lines, I, if, if you say to me, well, you know what? Come up with just keep coming up with an ideas to make money and throw them against the wall, and some of them will stick and some of them won't. And I and I kind of think, ah, that's a terrible, that's a terrible prime reason to do stuff. You know, right? That's not the first reason I want to do stuff. Right. I want to do things because I love them, and if that ends up being successful in a in a in a monetary sense, great. But that's not why. If I wanted to make money, I could go be a stockbroker. You know. Sure. Uh, yeah. And, and that's that's kind of the the realization that I'm coming to is like I'm I'm trying to rethink all of this and go. Well, what do you like to do, Jeffrey? What is it that you love to do? Yeah, I, you know, to drink and shore. <laughs> that's right. Go for long it. walks down the hallway. <laughs> hey, don't knock a nice shuffle. Yeah, wake up in the morning. That's right. <laughs> you know, have a nice dinner at three thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, Wash go my ahead. Teeth. <laughs> After I take them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, 
You know, no, it's and it's something that I've been I've really been struggling with. You know, what do I do? I mean, the, the, this photo challenge, which we'll get to, and there's been some fantastic entries in it. You know, that's I think it's healthy. I think it's fun. Is it something that 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 is going to help me doing a photo a day as much as it would help you or somebody who's really trying to hone in on photography? No, probably not. It is good to do. It is not maybe not every day um, for me. What I do love is this. I love what I'm doing. I love doing this show every week. Uh, I love doing interviews. I love sharing stories. That's becoming my body of work or where I can see me creating a body of work is sharing the work of other people, the stories of other people. That's good. As long as you're interpreting, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the interview with Tom Hoops was great fun and I got a lot of fantastic feedback from it. You know, a lot of the feedback was finally, you know, it only took you a month and a half to get to the next one and <laughs> well-deserved. Thank you. I, 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 I deserve every bit of that criticism because it did take way too long. Um, but part of that was me figuring out what it is that I want to do and how I want to proceed. And I, and I was lucky enough to start the thing with, with Randy Duchesne and, and now with Tom and, and we'll see what comes next. But it's, it's been this process of, okay, how do you balance faded and blurred with what you want to do personally, with what you want to do professionally and all of those things. And, and to your point, not looking at it of, from the standpoint of, of, what's going to make the most money. Right. Yeah. Because the long and short of it is I don't know. Right. And I can't know. All I can do is do the best work that I can for me, put it out there and hope that it resonates with people, hope that they like it. And if they don't tell me why, you know, that that's the other side of it is I want to know why I want to know what you like, what you don't like. What's working? What's not working? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? Hmm. Do you, you know, do you actually want that critique because you want it to improve you or that you just want people, you want to know that people are listening and reading? I, I want to improve. I don't, I don't just want, what, what if you disagree saying, with it? Uh, if it's something that I can see a way forward by, by adhering to or implementing, or if it's constructive, I'm absolutely going to consider it. Okay. That's what makes us better. You know, one, one of my favorite parts of, of college was crit wall day when you put up your work on the crit wall and people tear it apart. Right. That was my favorite part because it's, it's only in that, that you get better. Yeah. You know, somebody plus ones, your photo or great shot. Well, that's great, but really all that is is a hug. You know what we should do? We should we should set up a new section in the in the in the Google Plus group. For critiques? Crit wall. Um anything yeah, you put in here you're you're asking for actual assessments, you know? I yeah, I I think it's important. I think I think something that can potentially make you better or see things in a different way is absolutely important. Right. You know, you know? last, uh, was it last week that, uh, fielding put up a picture? Um, Oh, it was of the, of the front of this like laundromat. 
Did you see that oh, picture right, that was right, up there? Right, 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 right. Yeah, didn't you? You kind of chimed in with some. I some did, and I said, you know what? You know, feedback. Yeah, like you need to choose something that is the thing. So how about you just sort of, you know, the picture would have been better if you had shot just the lower left hand corner where there's this open sign and the people inside uh, at the machines. You know, and she tried. She cropped it down there, and it looked better. But obviously, honestly, what really needed to do is it needed to be shot differently. Yeah, you know, go reshoot. Yeah, it. yeah. But but the but the but even just the crop gave it way more direction than it had before. You know, right? And I think that's valuable. No, I and, think it's and, important. And I said it, and she made changes and put it up again, and then somebody else cropped and tried it. You know, and it was it was not in any sort of it wasn't it was in a. Um, a, a, a trust circle class kind of way, you know? Right, right. Like I wasn't ripping on her in order to rip on her. I was ripping on her saying, oh, you might want to try it this way. And she did, and it worked a little better and great. Okay, so somebody learned something. Right. You know, that's that's what we're here for. We're not we're not here to rip people apart, but we're here to rip people apart in the sense that like, you know, tell me everything you l- don't like about this. So maybe some of them will be things that'll click off little tags in my brain, you know? Right. Yeah, um, I, I think those things are immensely valuable. And, and I, I think how many people write us and say, my problem is I don't know if my stuff is any good or yeah. or I don't know what's good and what's not or why. I don't know what direction I need to be shooting in, you know, this kind of yep. stuff. Yep. Because if you're out there alone now, you know, I could say, well, just keep shooting and eventually you'll figure it out, you know, but that's you, not the case. For some people. Yeah. For some people, I guess it's not the case. You know, I'm, I'm like a hyper autodidact. I don't like learning from other people. (laughs) Right. I like figuring it out on my own, you know, but if you've got no point of reference, I mean, if we, if we, if we, hmm, we've talked about this before that, that there are people who are really good photographers. Yeah. But they're really lousy editors. Yeah. So they're not going to choose their own best shots. Yeah. Do you think I don't choose my own best shots? Um, I, I don't know because I only see what you put up most of the time. You know, I put that nude up the other day on the, on the group mm-hmm. and, um, and a friend of our a friend of the show wrote me and, and said that he didn't like the picture. He said, you could do better. Um, uh, okay. And, well, and I sent him a, a bunch of the other shots from the shoot and he liked some of the other ones better. And the reason I didn't put them up is that they were a little bit more, uh, gratuitously nude. Right. And so I didn't want to offend anybody or, you know what I mean? Like I thought, sure, sure. I was trying to be light on what I put up there. Um, but it's just, you know, do I agree with him? I, I don't know. I kind of like the picture still. So, you know, that's fine. Um, but it just goes to show you that other people have other ideas, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, can I make one little aside here? Sure. Uh, last week, I, f- I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. Last week, uh, Lillian Bassman was our <laughs> photographer of the week. Uh, and, and unbeknownst to me at the time, Nikki was working on our next spotlight for Faded and Blurred, which is also on Lillian Bassman. Uh, it's almost like we plan these things. It, it is very funny. Uh, but uh, a friend of the show, Gary Yost, turns out... Can we can we mention this? I think we can. Yeah. I guess uh, we're not going to show the pictures, but... Yeah. Uh, friend of the show, Gary Yost, his wife modeled for Lillian Bassman in the 60s. Back in the day? You know, eh, bomb. <laughs> goes off. You know, like, how well, you know, amazingly is, cool is that? Well, these are the cool connections that we get in the show. 
amazing. And he was he was kind enough to send us uh, a couple of the photographs, and they're lovely. Pretty cool. You like the yeah. how do you, the solarization thing? Is that all about like hyper overexposing? How do you do that? I think solarization is, if I remember correctly, is uh, you 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 make the exposure under the enlarger, but then there's also a certain amount of just white light that's added on top of it to burn oh, it. Oh, so it's all just in in post. I believe so. All right. I could be wrong. Gary, I'm, I'm I, sure. I've never found correct. a way to do it as much as the solarization filter in Photoshop. Like I've never found a way that looks good. It right. never looks like Man Ray. Right. To me, you know, um, you know, in, in doing the research, Bassman was a monster in the dark room oh. and it was just experimentation. Have you guys put she, up that, that, that show? The... Yeah, it's up. It's okay. up. We'll have to put a link, link in the notes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she would use bleach to, 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 to bleach out areas. She would use tissue paper between uh, the enlarger lens and the print to soften things. She would make her own dodging and burning tools uh, and, and give her stuff just kind of this painterly feel. I mean, just really, really inventive. But she was actually painting some of the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would paint over the top of things. Uh, it just uh, incredible work. Absolutely yeah, incredible yeah. work. And the people that she was being mentored by, you know, Alexei Brodovich, uh, Avedon, yeah. just monsters in their own right. And look, and, and look how much, look how, I mean, this stuff is so ahead of its time. Absolutely. Like this is in much the same way that I feel like the like uh, 60s Avedon fashion stuff looks more fashionable than most of the fashion photography I see today. Yes. This stuff looks better than most fashion photography I see today. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. And, yeah. and, you know, 60-year career, picked up Photoshop in her 80s or something. I mean, just, just a wonderful story. And, and it's just very inspiring. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, that, I mean, you know, this community, we have a community. A community. A commodity, a commodity. <laughs> Where do you want to go from here? Uh, you've got fetish. Yeah, notes, you know, I what, went, is, what do you got? I went to a talk the other day uh, with a bunch of graphic designers. This thing, I won't get into it, but uh, I've realized that for a lot of art people, they don't really want to be artists. They want to fetishize the art. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a painter or whatever, but really you just want to walk around with an easel and some paints and have paint on your clothes. You don't really want to paint. You just want to, you like the idea of being a painter, you know, yeah. you, you've got something on your shirt. Oh, that's paint. Yeah. Oh, you're a painter. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, in the same way, I think, I think it happens a lot in, in design and graphic design and stuff. You know, the, the people who, who want to sit around and, and mentally masturbate to the new Freer Jones typeface. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And like, oh, well, the I mean, curves are so whatever. Too. Oh, sure it does. Absolutely. It is just funny to me that I think that there's a distinction there between the people who talk about doing and the people who actually do, you know, in, in any art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just, I would, I would desperately want to be classified in the, the pile of people who do. You know, right. Um, you know, even if perfection isn't there, great. I don't need it to be perfect. I just need it to be done. You know, there are times for perfection, but 
most of the time it's just about doing it, you know? Yes. Um, so just, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about the, the idea that the people there, there's a place called governor's Island here in New York city. And, uh, during this talk, this woman, uh, there's a Q and a section and the it, it, governor's Island. Do you know anything about this place? No. Okay. So there's this Island right sort of off the coast of Brooklyn and Manhattan that used to be an army base for, okay. uh, for years, military base for 150 years. Okay. And like 10, 15 years ago, they sold it to the city for a dollar. They sold the island to the city for a dollar. Yeah. That sounds like a good deal. And uh, the city has turned it into a park that you can get to on during the summertime. I think mostly on the weekends, but I think maybe you can get there on the weekdays too. And you well, ride over on the bridge or the ferries. You have to take ferries okay. to get there. Yeah. Okay. And so you take a ferry over there and you can rent bikes or you can bring your bike and you ride around the, the thing and they have art artists come and make stuff and whatever. It's like, it's, it's kind of a free for all right now. Cause they don't really know what they're doing with it or they're doing stuff, but you know, it's been sort of this haphazard way for years. Is it big? The Island? It's probably a square mile or so. No, hmm. it's smaller than that. It's smaller than that. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, you can walk around it in a half an hour, you know, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's very neat and it's, but it's sort of a one trick wonder to me, you know, it's like, it's neat it's great, you know, um, but so they have all these old buildings on there, including all the old houses that all these people used to live in who used to be there for the military stuff. And a lot of them are, are decaying, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it has a very, a feel of a place that sort of has been lost to time. You know? Sure, and you know, weren't we talking about some photographer who was taking the, uh, you know, the pictures of the places, decrepit places? What were we talking about? Remember, we were looking at the, oh, uh, yeah, I don't, the guy I don't who went to Pripyat and all that. You know, right, okay. right, 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 right. Like the decay, the decay or fetishes. All, you know, all the people that are that are shooting like Detroit yeah. now, right. So, so, so this girl, there's Q and A, and this girl's talking to like the lady who's running the things, and she says, um, "Hey, you know how this place like feels like this found object, and 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 the decay and the whatever is like, is that going to change?" And the lady up on stage is just like, "Oh, you're one of those." <laughs> no, really? Yeah. She's what? like, we we have we have a name for you guys. It's and I forget what the name was, but it was it was like slightly derogatory, you know. Wow. Um, she's like, yeah, it's gonna change, you know. <laughs> you, that that historic buildings, the worst thing you could possibly do is just let them sit there, you know. We're gonna. Um, oh, you're one of those. Yeah, it was. It just and it cracked <laughs> me up, and it just got me thinking about the fact that this girl probably stares at magazines and websites of things decaying and right. paper decaying and and type decaying and you know and and guess all the stuff. Now I don't know anything about this woman. Maybe she's an incredible person, artist, whatever it is. But it just I can imagine. You know, the character I've come up with in my head is this person who doesn't actually make anything, just loves watching things fall apart and how beautiful they are <laughs> as they fall apart. Yeah, that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and, you know, and in the same way, it's, it's the same thing for lots of people, right? I mean, it's the same thing for people who are still shooting film and, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's you know, there's all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, but it just, it really just cracked me up. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, speaking of that, you know, didn't you, who, who was talking to somebody? Didn't we meet somebody or something who uh, was a film photographer and couldn't make it work or something or was having a hard time? 
having a hard time making film work? You make it. He, he, who was it? It was a, a, a documentary person or something like that. Were you telling me know. about it? I thought you were telling me about it. Uh-uh. Somebody who, who who used to be a newspaper, a, a photojournalist, and shot film. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Could, I thought couldn't make it work like financially. Yeah, right. Um, yes. Do you not want to talk about that? Uh, I don't remember his name. It was somebody that that uh, Hoops turned me on to. Okay. But amazing work, but just... Um, yeah, beautiful work. Almost fine art photojournalism, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. All black and white film. Uh, and it's not what was selling. That's not what people wanted. Well, my question is, is it is it that it wasn't selling or that the turnaround time was too long? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there, there used to be a time where uh, the photographer in the field wouldn't see the work. You would shoot the film and you'd put Send the film in the bag and off it went. Yeah, right. You know, and, and maybe you would see it or maybe your editor would, would make your selects for you. Yeah, but it kind of got me thinking, like, is there a point at which people who are shooting film f- for professional reasons that it's actually holding them back in some way? I mean, I know there's some people who are who are moving back to film as some sort of differentiating thing, mm-hmm. you know. I still I still shoot film for your wedding, and you should hire me because of that. For okay, are you, are you asking the the physicality, the logistics of film holding them back, not from a creative standpoint? <laughs> right, the logistics of it are holding them back. Okay, you know, do you think that that's the case at all? I don't know um, that people expect immediacy now. Where are my pictures? Well, it's going to take two days or three days. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. You know? And and it just got me thinking that you know one day. They're going to stop making Tri-X. You know, it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> you know, Kodak I, I just got given will... to a bunch of people in, you know, a bunch of ex-employees in England. But doesn't there seem to be uh, a renaissance in film that I think goes beyond just, uh, I mean, yes, it's still a niche, but. Are, are they selling more film than they were last year? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. But the problem is, is that, well, there's two things going on here. More and more of the people who were shooting it, like I'm an old timer. I'm, I only shoot film. I don't like digital, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. More and more of those people who were just sort of stubborn about digital are probably moving over to it. The people who were buying cases of film, you know, like the people who would buy a gross of film, <laughs> you know, the right. bricks. I think there's less and less of those, you know, there's more and more kids with lomos shooting film yeah, yeah. I, I think the question yeah, think is whether right. those outweigh the, yeah right you know and it, like we said film is not like vinyl you know people said oh well you know just like vinyl came back well yeah but you can press vinyl records in any batch you want and right. yes you can, you can make 50 vinyl records right. if you want to. and you know what it's vinyl still like two or three percent of the music market it's like mm-hmm. nothing you know um even at its best, after it's grown in double digits for the last 10 years, it's still 2 or 3%. You right. Know? It's like Macintosh. So do, do you think that film is, is... Well, the other problem is that film can't be made in small batches. You know, we've right. talked about that before. Like, that Kodak can't make 10,000 rolls instead of a million rolls. Or they can, but they have to retool everything because they're not, they're not set up to make 10,000 rolls. 
right. then the price, you know, the pr- the price of film is is all in the fact that you're making a pile of it, right? In the same way that you know, I was talking to Seth, and you know, he's self published a bunch of his books and stuff, and it's like, you know, I I had five thousand of these big fancy books made. And I was like, did you think to yourself, you know, I can make 10,000 because it'll only cost 20% more for twice as many. You know, there's that weird thing that happens in books. Right. Where the tooling in the first 500 cost a fortune. But if you want to make 500,000, it's only like 10 times as much, you know, for right, 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 100 right. times as many books. Um, you see what I'm saying, though, right? Yes. So, so you know, at a certain point, Kodak's going to be like, look, we can't make as little as you people want. And it's right. not it's not gonna be a, it's not gonna be viable. Is it possible? Like if the US government had to do it for national security reasons? Yes, it's possible. But is it a business? No. But there are a number of smaller houses making film now. Who else makes film? Ilford, uh Fuji. Yeah, Ilford Fuji. I don't think Agba's, Agfa does, but uh God, who was I talking to? Um, somebody that listens to the show named off four or five different film types that they had been using um, and, and said, basically, it's a great time to be a film shooter. Yes, it's more expensive, but. Well, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there, you know, there's like the formulary, like the what is it? The photographer's formulary or whatever it is that chemicals. There's more and more places. Uh, my mm-hmm. worry is that the film is going to end up being difficult to get. Right. You know, I the other day I was at Adorama. And I bought, what was I there to buy? I was there to buy another head for my, one of my umbrellas, like one of those little stand heads that does the flash in the umbrella. And they had, they got another batch of the, of the Fuji instant behind the counter. And I was like, Oh, you got some more Fuji instant and I'll take one of those. Uh, it was four by five color. Now this stuff used to be like 20, $25 a box and you get 10 pictures. So $2 and 50 cents a picture, right? This is instant stuff. And you know, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'll grab a this box. This is four by five, four by five instant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, and you have to have a special holder. It's like this cartridge. Um, and so the guy grabs it off the thing and he bleep and he rings it $48. Wow. I'm like, Whoa. I was like, hold on a second. I'm not spending $5 a picture for crappy color instant film. Wow. You know, like I might as well shoot real film at that point. Yeah. Um, and so that price just doubled. Boom. You know, uh, it's just it was interesting to me. It was like a little bit of a wake up thing. Like, wow. Yeah. OK, we can still get some of this stuff. But that scale is going. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's and it's gone. That, that scale has gone up exponentially in a very short amount of time yeah film is more expensive my processing has doubled in cost even at my tiny little local thing down the hill Mm -hmm. you know it used to be two dollars and they'd run a a roll of film c41 through the machine and now they charge me like four or five you know that's it crazy i was looking is it the darkroom the darkroom.com uh, I was looking at getting uh, 120 film developed and uh, there's a place called thedarkroom.com that'll do 120 film and scan it to CD for 10 bucks a roll. That's kind of nice. Yeah. I wonder how good the scans are. Uh, they, have, they have three different 
levels of scanning. The, the standard scanning is free. Uh, then they've got something called enhanced scanning and super scanning. And it's 5 and $10 additional, respectively. Super scan. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, but I'd like, to, I'd like to try it. Uh, you know, uh, Patrick just sold his Roly over the weekend. Why didn't you buy it? Uh, I, I don't know. Why did he sell it? it? Um, hasn't used it in a long, long time. Right. Yeah. Look, I, so I've got a Hasselblad 501. I've got a Leica M4. I've got a, you know, I've yeah. got nice cameras. But every time I pull them out, I'm like, oh, God, now I got to go get this scanned and it's got to go into town twice. And I got to, you know, yeah. it's like, and is the quality I, you know, that much better than what I'm getting out of my 5D? I had an idea. We've been talking about this, this platinum palladium printing. Yeah. And I've, I've, I, I've been doing these wet plate looking portraits with him, Hipstamatic on my iPhone. Yep. And I've had probably half a dozen people ask me when I, when I learned to do wet plate. <laughs> Maybe you really need to learn to do wet plate. Well, m- my point is, is they've done a really good job with it. So, so what if I went the opposite way? What if, what if I start with digital, do a physical internegative, and then do a platinum palladium series of prints? Oh, do, do, of these... do what we did in that, we showed in that video a couple weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. 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 And end up with this sort of digital platinum palladium wet platey thing. <laughs> I was I'll tell you, I was I was reading about more of the uh things that you have to do to make that work yeah. the other day. And I was reading this crazy website talking about how to best create the curves in Photoshop because the process by definition is super, super uncontrasty. Right. Super flat. And blows out in the highlights and, and blocks up in the shadow. So in order to combat that, you have to do sort of like this inverse S curve. Oh, it's a it's a pretty harsh curve, too. It's a crazy harsh curve. Yeah. And the way that you figure it out, it's like, oh, you're supposed to make uh, prints of, of the stair step look and then uh, do uh, do measurements on the squares and input those into Photoshop, like dot by dot and curves. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, I was looking at, was it Luminous Landscape? That's the one I was looking I at. I think, yeah, there's a bunch of them. But yeah, there's yeah. one of them. Uh, yeah, you know, let me let me put that in the thing. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's not just uh, put it on P and shoot. No, no. <laughs> and it, look, I don't, you know, I don't expect it to be. But right. the problem I had with it is that it became so, there was both a whole lot of science and a whole lot of, uh, yeah, this is exactly what I was looking at, the Luminous Landscape one. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Um, 5x5.tv slash OTP slash 68 for the show notes. Um, I I was reading this and I said, you know, there's there's a lot of science in here, but there also seems to be a lot of black art. Yeah. In the yeah. sense that these people, re- they act as if it's something that's unknowable. Right. You know, I, I can't even describe to you how this worked, but it worked. But it worked. Yeah. You know? I don't know. There's no, at this point, physics breaks down. Yeah. But it right. Works. You know, and, and, and <laughs> I mean, look, it's, it's cool. And, you know, for somebody like you, who's all about the process and hands on and stuff, you know, you, you could spend, what did we look at that? What was the, uh, the, the site we looked at? It was two hundred fifty dollars oh, or something? One hundred and one hundred and forty-four dollars. Uh, Bostic and uh, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah it was like one hundred and forty-four dollars for a little kit. For a little kit that gets you roughly thirty-five eight by tens. Right. Okay. So 
you know, get that plus the paper plus say a hundred dollars to build uh, the UV exposure box, you right. know, out of out of parts, get Home Depot or whatever. Um, so for three four hundred dollars, you're set up to do these things, and you're making something that is a one off. You know, right. they're all different, and in many ways, it's that's more interesting to me than doing. I, I feel like the 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 dark room of our fathers or, you know, you, um, <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Thanks. I, I think that I did have a dark room in many ways that's been usurped because inkjet prints have gotten so good. Yes. That they're yes. really, I don't know if there's really much point in, in printing black and white onto, you know, fiber paper in the dark room. Right. But, but, but this thing, this, this process is something you, you can't quite get the same look. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, like that guy, we put the video up yesterday or last week, which I should put up again because it was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. On, except uh, for the music. Yeah. The music is awful. Yeah, it is. Uh, but that guy also seems like he has a serious setup. He's got mm-hmm. like water boxes bubbling and, you know, like this yeah, guy, yeah. this guy's not messing around. Right. He is a he is a true master of what he does. Um and I like I love that idea that like things are like a one off. And I think that that is you should certainly try it. I've considered it. I talked to about it with Heather and Heather said, could you do it somewhere other than the house? <laughs> <laughs> could, could you go rent a place? <laughs> yeah. And I guess you could. You know, I could get dark well, room time you know, in town for six, you know, six dollars an hour or whatever the hell it is. What do you do with. Because it's nasty stuff. What do you do with the chemistry? I, su- I suppose well, the, the thing, developer, it's... you can reuse it. But yeah, when yeah. you're rinsing. When you're washing the print, is that just down yeah, I the mean, drain? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, are the are the are the parts per million of whatever harmful? Yeah, we're talking stuff? about literally heavy metals. Is what we're well, talking about. Well, they're not. About. They're not actually. They're not heavy metals. Well, they're platinum and palladium. Those are heavy metals. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, it's and, nasty stuff. So no, what do yeah, you do? This with? Is, yeah, I don't know. You know, and I think very little of it ends up going because you, you you know you, you use that developer and the image just kind of pops right. and appears. But you, from I mean, if it's like regular developer, you reuse it, so you can put that back. Yeah, in the but bottle. then you have to replenish it, right? You have to right. Which it, all that stuff is just like I feel like it's a weird. I don't know even I, like it's voodoo or yeah, something. Yeah, it feels like voodoo to me. <laughs> you have to light candles before yeah. you do. You, 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 am I wrong? I don't know. I'd like to try it though. I really did. It, it, it is very interesting to me. I will, I will leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, I think, I think we should get you one. Uh, I think we should I, yeah, pitch in and get you more, one. I want to do a little more research and see what happens to the chemistry and, and whether it's safe at the, at the washing of the print stage. Is that safe because the volume is so diluted at that point or, you know, what do you do? How do you make it safe? Yeah, That's my biggest concern. There's gotta be a way. But yeah, this is not this. Yeah. Talk about like ecology. Anybody who's like a green person. Yeah. Digi- Digital is much better. Yeah. <laughs> Film yeah, they're, is they're a nasty, nasty stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. We should get you a kit. You want to. Uh, Bostic what do you wanna... and whatever. What was it called? Bo- yeah. I don't, uh, Bostic I a... Sullivan. Bostic and Sullivan. Yeah. They, they do all the wet plate kits as well. Yeah. I think we should, uh, I think we should all pitch in and buy I, well, I need, I'm going to look into it. I'm everyone look everyone into pitch it. in 10 bucks. We'll buy Jeffrey a, a, a platinum <laughs> kit. No, we'll just see what wait a minute. Let me. No, it's already on its way to you. We'll I just have, ordered we'll it. We'll have a, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a, uh, Alan a, says he's going to buy you one. Alan. Uh, <laughs> Alan right now is going, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what, what do I, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. 
Alan just spit coffee all over his keyboard. <laughs> what? <laughs> the cats have just left oh, the room. Oh, wait, no. Alan they... says he's going to buy me one, too. That's, oh, look that's, at that. That's wonderful of you, Alan. He's a sweet guy. Good Alan. guy. Um, oh, thanks, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. He's muttering to himself. Google Plus. Where do you want to go from here? You want to you talk about our sponsor today? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, gals. Uh, if you need yeah. stock photos, mm-hmm. vectors, I need those. illustrations, mm-hmm. video clips. Yeah. Uh, Shutterstock.com is the place you want to go with over 53 stock photos, vectors, and illustrations. Uh, you are sure to find something that you need. Yeah, Jeff, Jeffrey, I gotta, I gotta stop you right there. What's that? What's that? What's that? Um, how many did you say they had? 53. No, 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 no. They have 20 million. Ah, oh, Jesus. I always get that wrong. I think, I think that the numbers are actually going up. I think it's far more than 20, 20 million. I think well at ten thousand a day. What is it? Ten thousand a day that they add. They they have over twenty five million now. Yeah. Uh, yes, twenty five million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips. So so go, they're adding almost a hundred thousand new things between shows. Yeah. Jeffrey, start your search at starterstock.com. You'll find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or other creative project. Uh, they've got everything. These people uh, images from across the world, image packs, monthly subscriptions. Whatever fits your need, you don't have to compromise. You just need one image for a mock-up or a blog. You can do that too. Uh, every time you visit Shutterstock, there's something new because they had ten thousand a day. You're right, ten thousand a day. That's a lot. Uh, it's more affordable than you think. No extra charge for large files. Any size, pay one price. Okay, we, we, well, you're talking about Governor's Island, right? Yeah. I just searched for island. Yeah. Just the the, the the word island. Almost a half million results. Oh, I'm not. Sh- I'm sure. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't. I wonder uh, if one of these islands is Johnny Depp's island because he's got an island. You know, does he really have an island? He's got he's got island money. That's that's what kind of money he's got. Is there such thing as island money? It's Johnny Depp. He's got island. He's, he owns an island. You know, I want to own an island. So does uh, just 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 put it out there. Three hundred thirteen images of Governor's Island itself. Huh. So you can see pictures. Uh, yeah, look, these people, they've, they've got everything. We, you've, you've talked about them before. I like this light box thing. So you can show clients like, like you could pick out 10 pictures and go, Hey, what do you think of these? Yeah, it's fantastic. And they have the iPad, uh, iPad app. So you could do that on your iPad. You don't even have to, you, you know, you don't even have to do it on the website. You can sit on your couch and look this stuff up and you can get the images to, to print out on, on swag and stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, they've got this huge library of the vectors, icons, infographic templates for people who do infographics, video clips. Infographics are a pain in the butt. So oh, if God. you can find the elements for an infographic without having to create it, an yeah. illustrator or something, you are ahead of the curve. Somebody man. should go over to Shutterstock, buy some infographic templates, and make uh, uh, an infographic about how old you are. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> And look, if you need help, Shutterstock.com will give they give you you get an account rep that's dedicated to you. We'll answer any questions you have. Twenty four hour support during the week. These people do not sleep from Monday to Friday because of you, Jeffrey. Because of me. Yeah, you don't sleep anyway. You're too old. <laughs> but look, sign up for a free browse account. Go to Shutterstock.com. You don't need a credit card. Uh, use the offer code Pictures Eight when you decide to purchase, and you will get thirty percent off of any package. Shutterstock. It's pretty substantial. It's pretty great. Shutterstock.com. 
Uh, we thank you very much for your support of On Taking Pictures and the 5x5 network. Dun, dun, dun. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Um, okay, so check this out. Yesterday, after I had my our, our interview done, uh, oh, we'll get back to that. Yeah, with with uh, whom? What friend of the show? Who who is it? The Brian, did you Brian Frank. Brian Frank. We should hey, put Brian. the we should put the thing in there. Uh, yeah. Make do documentary. Uh, we'll find it. Ah, uh, here it is. Kickstarter. He already made his Kickstarter, but we're gonna we're gonna put it in the show notes anyway, so you can see his stuff. So after we did it, Claude and I come back to uh, my place, and Claude see. Claude's determined to get my 5D Mark III shooting raw using the Magic Lantern firmware. Right. Heard of it. Heard of it. So for those of you who don't know, a lot of these Canon cameras, you can get this aftermarket firmware by this place called Magic Lantern, where they turn on all kinds of features and things that aren't in the camera, but that make it better to use for video. Now, I have a question about this before you jump into this. Are these features that they themselves are writing and implementing yes. or are they merely unlocking the things that Canon already had in there, but chose for whatever reason not to implement the former. Okay. So they're, they're writing all these new tools and features yes. and everything. And it's oh, okay. really impressive. So, so the trick is you have to sideload the firmware onto the camera. Now the 5d Mark three has an SD and a CF card. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Yeah. For uh, for for listeners who may not be familiar, I'm going to explain. Load. I'm going to explain. All right. So basically, uh, you can put the firmware on one of the cards, and using this weird little hack they've figured out, you go and tell it to use the new firmware on, say, the SD card in this case. Mm-hmm. So you put the SD card in with the new firmware ROM on it, like you were going to update your camera in any other normal way, but instead. You you tell it to use you know this this weird Magic Lantern firmware, which um, opens up. The, it, I don't know. It, it, this is I'm going to be wrong on a lot of this, but this is the gist I get: is that the firmware they've written opens up the bootloader so that when you put Magic Lantern on a card and have it in the camera, and you turn on the camera, if the Magic Lantern stuff is on there, it'll use that on top of the Canon stuff. Okay, so you're you're not you're not overwriting. No, your no. Canon factory firmware. Right. If I take that card out and start my camera, it'll be right back where it was. Okay. So if you if you if it, if it doesn't do what you want it to do, you're not harming your camera to to the best of your knowledge in any way by using this. No, but at the same time they are um you know, they do have lots of warnings of how you could mess up your camera. Although I don't okay. know how likely that is, they have to do that cuz they're protecting themselves. Sure. So, so the, use at your own risk. Right. Now. Yeah. The problem is, is that so you, you, you have the firmware on the SD card and then you're writing video to the CF card because the CF cards are bigger and faster. The problem is I didn't have any big fast CF cards. My fastest CF cards were uh, um, uh, eight gigabyte ultra twos, which read and write at like 20 megabytes per second. Okay. Right. To do this video stuff, you need to read and write at 90 megabytes per second wow so you need wow. one of like the ultra extreme pro cards right Super or the spending. top of the line platinum lexar cards yeah. Yeah. yeah so a 64 gig compact flash card that's fast enough to do this costs you 250 300 wow right 
So I didn't have one of those, so I've never been able to do it, even though Claude's been like, ooh, you got to try it, you got to try it. Now, is is this, do you need this type of a card because of what they're doing with the firmware? I mean, would, would you need this fast of a card on, say, the Black Magic, the little cinema cam that just came out? Uh, okay, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, yes, you need a fast card, uh, but for different reasons. Okay, so... This is all to, I'm doing all of this so that we can sh- uh, do raw video on the 5D Mark III. Mm-hmm. So once you get this all working and you shoot video, what ends up on the card is this big chunky raw file. It's, it's dot raw. It's not a raw file in the way that we think of like, you know, a CR2 or a DNG. Okay. So yet. it's not a sequence of images. No, yet. Right. Right now it's just this big chunky thing. You then take that file, you bring it over to your computer, you dump it in this little app called raw to DNG, and it goes and saves out, you know, three and a half meg DNG files in a sequence. Wow. Out of that raw file. Right. And then it takes that and converts those to a ProRes file automatically. Now, all this takes a long time. On my machine, which is a, you know, four core 3770 uh, with 32 gigs of RAM and a fast video card. All of this takes five minutes for a one-minute clip. Wow. So if you shot an hour's worth of footage, you'd be there all day long waiting for it to convert it to DNGs and stuff. Does it does it hold over pretty well at five to one across the board? Uh, did you, yeah. Did you try any other, any yeah, other length? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's just time-consuming to do this stuff, right? Now, why would you want to do this? The video that comes out of all of these digital SLRs is is this really highly compressed H.264 video, you know, or it's AVHCD or whatever the hell it is, right? It's it's right, right. it's super compressed, and honestly, while it looks really good compared to anything we had before it, it doesn't look as good as say the Blackmagic camera or you know a Red or an Ari or whatever it is, right? Because it's super, super compressed. Now, they do this because they want to be able to write video to your average fast SD card or whatever. Um, This requires this super fast card because it's literally writing this raw data for each frame of 24 frames. Basically, it's taking 24 frames per second and saving them as raw. Right. Right. Now, they must have even rewritten the code to write to the CF card that fast. Like, they must have rewritten all of it, the entire chain in the camera. And I still can't figure out how the hell they're doing it because they're not taking, so they're, you do this, at, it's 1080p raw files, right? So you're getting 1920 by 1080, 24 frames a second DNGs, okay? What I don't understand is that it's using the full width of the sensor. It's not just, it's not like it's cutting out a window in the middle of the sensor that is that resolution. Right. It's actually using the full width. Like you see a full width, like if you put a wide angle lens, you see wide angle. So somehow it's taking the 5,000 plus pixels across and shrinking it down into a still raw data that's only 1920 across. And the same. there's, There's still some pretty serious interpolation going on there. Right. But in the same way, I think that Canon does those S raw files. You can do the small raw files. So they're right. raw files, but they're like half the size. Right, right. I think they're doing some kind of computation like that. The fact that they're getting the chips in this camera to do all this is incredible. Right. Yeah. So it took a whole lot of gerrymandering and fixing and twisting and pushing to get all the settings right to get it to work. And finally, we got it to work. And the results are amazing. 
amazing. Now, is this a 5D3 this is minimum? A, uh, that's a question you have to ask somebody else, or I have to look it up. I don't know. Uh, it was, this is the first one they got working with this. So I, they may have with other ones, but I don't know how they could write to a, a SD card fast enough, you know. Uh, it would, the, the results look, we, we both looked at the ProRes file that pops out. We also opened up uh, the DNG sequence in After Effects and played around with, you know, white balance and all the rest of it and then exported out a proxy file. That looks really good. Um, head and shoulders above the video mm. that normally comes out of this camera. And is there a is there a shot length limitation? Uh, I think you would just end up with the limit of the card, and that's where things get crazy because it's recording so much. Uh, it ends up being like twelve minutes on a sixty-four gig card. Wow, it's that much data, right? You know, so it was just interesting. Now, the reason I bring this all up is because it's fun, you know, hacks with your camera. But also because Claude also had his hands on the Blackmagic pocket cinema camera, which is the tiny little mm-hmm, four thirds, mm-hmm. you know, it is so small. Jeffrey, it's like your cell phone size. Yeah. And it's shooting ProRes. Yeah. It shoots 1080p ProRes straight to the card. Amazing. And I, we went out and for shot a thousand with, bucks. for $999. Now, you need a good piece of glass on the front of it. Yes. You also need fast SD cards. I was using my, my, uh, my, uh, what are these? These are my SanDisk Extreme cards, which are supposed to be 45 megs a second read. Um, and they were not fast enough. I was dropping frames. Uh, so you need fast cards to do any of this stuff. Um, but we went out and shot a little bit with that the other night at night and it's funny, video cards are, or video cameras are a whole different thing than regular cameras because you don't have shutter speed to work with, you know? So if you're wide open on your lens and your shutter speed is at essentially a 50th of a second or, you know, 48th of a second, you know, the 180 degree shutter angle. Right. Um, the only other thing you can control really is ISO. And the ISO goes up to 1600 and we shot some video on the street at night and and all that stuff looks good, and I was going to actually play with it a little bit today, but... 1600 is the highest... The On the little pocket camera, yeah. Yeah, okay. And the battery, you know, while it lasts, it's fine. It doesn't last that long, so you're going to have to carry a few of those batteries around, too. Um, but just, I mean, if you were a documentary person just doing, like, talking heads or whatever, and had some lights and could control your, your situation, for $1,000... Unbelievable. You, for five grand, you could get three of those with glass, a little zoom recorder, you know, right. A couple of little a lights kit. and you could have a kit that would give you incredible video. Even, you know, even the stuff, the ProRes stuff that comes out of that camera, it looks so much more cinematic than stuff I've seen out of my 5D up until yesterday when we started doing wow. the raw. Right, right, right. But 5D3 out of the box versus a thousand dollar cinema cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Um, it was, it was really, really nice. Uh, but you know, so anyway, I, this is not a video show. I just thought people might be interested, but it was just like how, how different those two things are though. You know, the thousand dollar thing that does the ProRes now, theoretically they're talking about doing raw in the little pocket cinema camera. Hmm. And I don't understand how they're going to get SD cards fast enough to, cause that's all it's got is an SD slot. I don't know how they're going to write fast well, enough to an SD card. You're pushing a whole lot less pixels with that sensor than you are on a 5D3. 
No, you're pushing the same amount as you're pushing on mine because it's not saving a full 5,000 width on, on my camera. It's saving yeah, you have to interpret all that, don't you? Yeah, but that's all in the camera. It's not saving all of that data. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's, it's the right speed that you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Unless they say, oh, it only works if you use this, you know, $400 SD card. Right. Or yeah. maybe you have to go to an outbound recorder. Yeah. And, and Claude even said, you know, he's like, well, you know, the, 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 the 2.5K, the cinema camera, the bigger one does the raw, but it does the SSD. But like with this, I wouldn't have to have SSDs. And I was like, well, yeah, the thing is the SSDs are cheaper than these SD cards now. Yeah. You know, you could buy 250 gig SSDs for, you know, 290 bucks now. Yeah. Uh, Newegg's got 120s for $89 now. Right. You know, so at a certain point, like those are cheaper than, than buying SD cards, at least for that kind of speed. Anyway, it was just a fascinating foray into the stuff. So Claude says, you know, are you going to do your next little short on, on in raw? And I was like, I don't know. You should, you should at least do a a little bit of testing. Well, you you know know what the problem, one of the problems I already came up with. What's that? No audio. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, so you've got to go third party then. Yep. So then you've got to do your audio outside of camera and then you well, need but, to... you know, you should put up some tests because uh, l- l- it's, you know, it's, it, you say that it's amazing, but it's hard to quantify that over audio. So maybe put up, a, you know, this yeah. is this is 5D3 video. Here's raw. Do a little Vimeo side by side of the same yeah. subject. Yeah, we could do that. Although the, by the time it gets to H.264, I don't know how much of a difference you'd notice, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with the malleability. And the amount of stuff you could pull back in the, in the highlights and pull up in the shadows. Like all, all the reasons why you would want to use uh, RAW over JPEG in stills. That extends over. Extend that over to video. Yeah. And imagine yeah. how much more that gives you. You know. Uh, so a really creamy highlight roll off. Yeah. No yeah. moiré or weird crunkly stuff going on in blurred areas because mm. the compression artifacts. No compression artifacts at all. You know. It's pretty cool. Anyway, just thought you guys would get a kick out of that. What do you want to do next? Uh, what are we at? Oh, we're, we're okay. Uh, hit me with this Pelican case. I bought a 1510 a week and a half ago. Uh, like and I, just like I said I would. Just like you said you would. And, and you've, you've got now your entire... Uh, well, your, your entire speed light kit, we should say. Yes. Yeah. It's not like you're, you're, you're hauling your, your strobes around, but you've got your entire speed light kit in one rolling case. Yeah. Uh, it's, how go the, the, the wheel mod? Uh, I am waiting for the wheels to come from, uh, from where, from Hong Kong. Okay. Bill, Bill is, is modding his, his Pelican case to use, uh, what are they, rollerblade wheels? Yeah, I th- actually, I think they're luggage wheels. They're just soft luggage wheels. They're polyurethane instead yeah, of the hard yeah. plastic. So, so uh, th- th- basically, I put up a link on the show notes because I put a link on my on, on takingpictures.com uh, last week where I have my 5D body uh, and four lenses, uh, two or three strobes, like little uh, uh, speed lights, Pocket Wizards, two uh, six-foot Manfrotto stands with the little heads on them, and two uh, umbrellas, like 36-inch soft lighters, all in this one case. It's an entire kit for me. This is what I brought up to shoot Seth. Yeah, it's 30 pounds, exactly. And and, uh, TSA compliant, so it fits in an overhead bin, It would fit in an overhead bin, yeah. This is like... 
is it heavier than it would be in a backpack? Yeah, because the case itself weighs, you know, six, eight pounds or whatever. Right. Um, but the advantage is that you can roll this one. The only problem is that the Pelican wheels on it are so hard that when you're walking down the sidewalk, it's like, you know, and you, every time you go over a crack in the sidewalk, you ever have that thing where the where your uh, luggage rocks back and forth when it hits a bump? You know, it gets yeah. into this weird thing where it starts sort of yeah, like laterally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, dunk, 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 like wheel to wheel, like it starts hopping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, the wheels are so hard that they start doing that kind of stuff. So uh, I found a crazy guy on YouTube, some Chinese guy who's speaking in Chinese, so I don't understand what the hell he's saying, uh, about how he modded the wheels. And so I pulled one of my wheels off uh, and I pulled the axle out and I got the wheel out. And I was hanging out with my friend Sally last week, and she's like, well, I have I have a micrometer, so here. <laughs> and she pulls it out and measures the wheel, and she tells me the, the size and everything like that. And I do some searches for rollerblade wheels, and they don't make them exactly this size. So I couldn't find anything on Amazon. I went on uh, eBay. I love that Sally had a micrometer, by the way. Oh, God. It's, it's one of the hotter things about her. Um, and... Uh, it's uh yeah it worked it worked great uh and so i found a place in uh in, in hong kong five dollars and 89 cents for two wheels new polyurethane wheels at the same size of these uh seven dollars shipping so it costs more to ship them to buy them yeah yeah don't you love that that is fantastic so in 10 to 14 days i will have wheels that i'm going to swap out and i think then it'll be the perfect case it's nice to have it all in one place in my closet too like it's ready to go Right. You know, like just, right. Oh, I got a shoot. Well, it's already packed. I don't have to pack anything, move things between bags. It's like, this is what I carry unless it's just a cam. You know, there are situations where I just need a camera and like one light and a lens. Okay. Right. I'll put that in my little crumpler backpack. But other than that, I think this is my new kit. Yeah. That's so pretty all fantastic. the people who wrote, a bunch of people wrote in suggesting some other stuff and saying how great theirs was. Uh, I give it thumbs up. For the fifteen ten, it's like a hundred and seventy nine dollars on Amazon. We'll put a link in the show notes for that too, because I think that that could be worth it. That, that's a big item. Does it? Did you get Prime shipping as well? Uh, I do believe it did actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. One seventy nine with Prime shipping. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It really is. Uh, totally cool. Why do you think that fame is the enemy of art? I think it dilutes the end product. It, it, it dilutes why you're doing it in, in, in the same way that commerce is often the enemy of art. You know, I was, I was at the lunch with my friend Eli a couple weeks ago and he was talking about like fine artists and he said something along the lines of, do you realize that, that, that your best case scenario is making toys for rich people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Elaborate. What, that, like ultimately what, you what you're doing as, as a photographer or whatever it is, you know, as, as like a painter or whatever it is, your best case scenario is that you're going to be fancy enough that rich people are going to buy your stuff to stick on their wall. Okay. You know that like, that's, that's it. That's the end game. And that's really the only end game where you're making a lot of money, you know? Right. And then you're at the whims of the rich people. Right. You know, and I thought that it was a really interesting way of putting it. And it's kind of true, right? Well, yes. It, it, on, on some level, it is true. 
or you take the other route and what you're producing is crap, but you as the artist are hobnobbing with the rich people. Yeah, but that's even worse. Right? Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, look, I just, I'm not, I just think I'm not it's down against. I'm not against rich people. I think rich people are fine. You know, whatever. It's the person, not the amount of money. That no, no, absolutely. But, but, but I'm just saying that, like, that's the. You know, you're, that's the end game. Yeah, you're not making a living as a painter unless people who have money are giving it to you for your paintings. You know, right? Um, there's really no other. <laughs> you know, same thing with dance. You know, luckily photography still has something of a commercial aspect. You know. That I think a lot of uh, yes. the other arts, if you're a poet, you know, that's also a difficult one. Well, you know, th- th- there's a big sliding scale, too. I mean, yeah. uh, Thomas Kincaid made a pretty good living. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, you're painting little houses on, you know, little boxes, ro- on rocky coastlines with foggy trees and stuff. But, but you know, whatever. Um, he, he was a painter of light. I th- <laughs> what? What, did, what? What did I say? What did I say? No, no, no it's good. It's just funny. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think if you look again, it's it's about intent, and yeah. and if if the intent is to make great stuff, whether or not it's art, because I I'm still on the fence of whether you can call it art. I think you make what you make, and if somebody else calls it art, that's one thing, but. You know, I, I think art has saying you're an artist or saying what you create is art has excused a lot of crappy work. Uh, true. But you're saying that that fame is an enemy on one end and what's on the other end? You know, what's is, on? What do you mean? Is fame the enemy of art? Like success, getting fame from success in art is, is one end of the problem. Well, but for its own sake, you know, okay. like, I don't know that that somebody like gosh i don't even okay somebody like shepherd fairy let's say yes okay good old shep good old shep uh who who i i really like shepherd fairy's work i have several of his pieces and i i really do like his stuff but he seems to have been doing what he's doing and it caught on it wasn't it wasn't with the intention of owning a clothing company and and you know whatever he was doing what he did and it spun out into what it is now but that his but you're saying that it wasn't his intention Uh, it doesn't seem to be yeah you know and he still makes a lot of stickers and goes and photobombs places all over the world and you know he's still doing the things maybe not now he can afford to (laughs) well yeah yeah well and and now there's pressure because you've got you know 60 people working for you and you've got families to take care of so the the dynamic has changed but it seems like the intent was just to create the work yes okay yeah you know and 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 i think that when you start out saying i want to do this for the fame, you know, how many people are saying, I want to be actors versus movie stars. I want to be a musician versus a rock star. I want to be, you know, a painter versus an artist because artist has, has some sort of cachet or persona that comes along with it. Right. Yeah. That painter doesn't. 
Well, you know, it's funny, your, your, your professional amateur thing, somebody said to me the other day, the problem is that there's too many amateur photographers. Uh, I would say there are too many novice or enthusiast photographers. I don't know that okay. there, if we, if we take the, the, the root of the word, if we take amateur okay, at yeah, its face value. That's fair, yeah. But then taking professional at its face value just means you're making money at it. doesn't mean that you're good. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so yeah, fair point. Yeah. In fact, if, if anything, just those, because those you're words, doing a creative live doesn't mean you're an amazing photographer. Right, exactly. Right. So, I mean, there there needs to be some sort of other measurement there, or different word, different use of words, different nomenclature. Right. I right. think that's where things get tricky. You know, it's hard. You know, and yes, you know, why do you say fear is also an enemy of art? That uh, this is personal because fear keeps you from moving forward. Fear keeps you from fear keeps you from creating the art. Art, uh, fame maybe gives you uh, an incorrect perspective on why you're creating art or creating product or creating content or what, however you want to term it. But fear prevents you from even starting. At least it does me. No, it it totally does. You know, uh, I was that talking to that Brian kid. I'm sorry, I'm going to like ruin his entire documentary because everything I said yesterday, I'm going to re-say today. <laughs> but you know, I so just to tune out. If you're going to watch Bill in the in the in the documentary, just turn turn your speakers <laughs> well, down. Well, and I said, I you know, I said it's really. He said, he said, what does make do mean to you? And I said, it's a command. You know, go make and go do. Right. He's like, stop talking about it and go do it. I was like, here you are, you decide to do this thing and you raise money and here you are all the way across the country in a car to do an interview with me in Prospect Park. You know, you're doing it. Right. That's exactly what needs to get done. Whether or not anything comes from it. Yes. Yeah. That, that ball has been set in motion. Right. Because you know. the end result wasn't to get famous and because you went beyond the fear of not doing it. Yes. And the, 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 the things that have been the most successful for me in terms of both uh, notoriety and whatever and, 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 and money in many respects and uh, uh, fulfillment have been mm -hmm. the things that I didn't go into looking for any of that. So maybe art happens between fame and fear. Art, art is the thing that happens when you take fame and fear out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like, it's like the <laughs> fame is on one side of the bike fears on the other side. You just got to keep it upright. Yeah. 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 And, and you lean one way or the other too far and down you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll buy off. On and that. you know, you know how, you know, you know how you stay upright. How do you stay upright? You keep moving. There you go. That, you know what? So honestly, we're joking about this, but that's it's actually probably, a pretty good. It's, it's pretty good one metaphor. of the more profound things we've said. <laughs> So art is balancing fame and fear. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> it only took 68 episodes for us to say something that was useful. That's it. I'd like to thank you for listening to On Taking Pictures. We're out. Yeah. No, I think, I, I think, that's, I think we're on to something. I yeah, think that's it. There's something there. There is something there. We should chew on that some more. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll go back uh, and do it. What do you, what, what's going on with this email? What is this? Yeah, I was going to pull that up. Here's Todd. Here we go. Here we Todd, go. Here we, we go. Todd, put you on the spot here. 
What did what did poor Todd do? Um, where is it? Sorry, I'm being a schmoo right now. Is it? Oh it, no, that's Todd Reynolds. Yeah, it's Todd Schaefer back here. Here we go. Uh, I don't know if I have this. You sure? No, it got sent to both of us. To you, to your info at. Oh, to yes. info. Yeah, yeah. I uh, love the show every week. Wonder if you could react to Kenneth's statement. Uh, being a dumb person myself, I don't. I'm not sure where I fall on this one. And it said, uh, "Dumb favors recontextualization, reframing, redoing, remixing, recycling, rather than having to go through the effort of creating something from scratch. Dumb embraces the messiness of contradiction and revels in the beauty of the ridiculously obvious." Since dumb has nothing to lose, dumb owns, owes nothing to anyone, and in a way, it is free. Interesting. He said it's in an article called Being Smart is Highly Overrated, according to Kenneth Goldsmith, Museum of Fine Arts First Poet Laureate. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, you know, I mean, it's, look, you can, you can interpret this and wrestle with it, but I would rather be smart. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. I I I I like Are there times when I give up my you know, cerebral yeah. process and is it successful? Sure. But but I would like the option. Yeah, I don't want to live there. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like I would like the option. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. That's, That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, it really is. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you see that? Remember we talked about that guy who shot all of his neighbors through the window? Yes. Uh, big court ruling on that. Yeah. Legal. Hit me. It's legal. It's legal. Yep. So no, no fault. Nope. Wow. How do you feel about that? Uh, uh, huh. I'm going to stand by what I originally said, which was, I think in this case, he shot with a very tasteful lens, or at least the, the, the things that we see. So it matters whether or not it's good art? No, 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 no. I'm not saying good. I'm not putting good on it. But, uh, you know, there are probably some things that he witnessed at the very least and photographed at the very most that shouldn't have been, that weren't meant for public consumption. Um, yeah, I... So in the hands of another photographer, uh, there could have been some different things brought to light than what we saw. I don't think being in your house and having the windows open is the equivalent of being on the street. I don't either. Um, I think that he, I think it's an invasion of privacy, whether or not it's illegal. I think it's, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. That goes back to, you know, our discussion last week of I would, didn't want to take pictures of that guy laying down in the street either, you know? Right, right. Todd Reynolds says that I have integrity. I said one man's integrity is another man's naivete. <laughs> there you go. You know, so this guy made a lot of money doing this, which is great. I mean, whether or not he was wrong, if he made a lot of money from this, I would, you know, buy something for the building that he shot, you know, <laughs> like send a check for $500 to everyone who lives there or something, you know, like, yeah, it's a, it's a strange, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange ruling. I mean, it's, um, it's the problem is that ultimately he made something that is quite beautiful. 
Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. It, in, in his hands, the end product was really wonderful. Yeah. Or what if, what if instead of just showing these at a gallery, he figured out what apartments they were in and sent a letter to each of them and said, hey, I'm a photographer. I took this picture. You were in it. Here's a, here's a copy of it. I'd love to use it for this exhibition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand, I understand that I should have asked you first, but if I asked you first, then you probably would have been waiting for it, in which case then it's not what I was trying to get. Right. You know what I mean? Like there, there, is there a way to play it where you can ask permission after the fact and still not be a, sh- a jerk about it? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Again, I think it, it's an interesting ruling because now it opens up anyone and everyone to do it. Um, and anyone and everyone may not have the the subtlety right. that he's described. Now we're just peeping work. toms. Right. Yeah. Like right. He, he doesn't show anybody's faces. If he did, would it be different? Maybe. What if it was people having sex? Then, then what if it was naked pictures of a woman getting out of the shower. You know what I mean? Like where's yeah. that line? Where's the line? Yeah. That's ex- that's exactly what I'm what I'm wondering about. Yeah, when what I is look there? at these. Um, is because the Justice Eileen Rokower was not persuaded by the argument that it's that it was an invasion of privacy. Quote, art is considered free speech and is therefore protected by the First Amendment. While it makes the Fosters cringe to think that their private lives and images of their small children can find a way into the public forum of an art exhibition, there's no redress under the current laws of the state of New York. Okay, so that's interesting. So she's not saying that they don't have a point. She's just saying there are no laws that there's fight no this. precedent for it. But how does, I mean, doesn't somebody have to take the stand to create a precedent? Yeah. Doesn't somebody, I mean, isn't that where precedents come from? Somebody just decides to, to say yes or no to some issue? Yeah, I, uh, I think that if somebody's in their home, this is off limits. Mm-hmm. You know, much the same way that I don't think the NSA should be reading my email. <laughs> Those are my personal hi guys. papers. <laughs> say hey, hi, 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 NSA. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, who's our photographer of the week? Uh, this this one's all you. I didn't know this. I mean, I knew of some of the work, but uh, you go ahead. Uh, this would be uh, Art Streber. Stryber? What do Streber, we decide? Stryber. I don't know. What would it be? Maybe uh, Stryber. Dude's a monster. Huge. Uh, you've seen his pictures all over the place. Yeah. A lot of celebrity work. Yeah, he Does just did all the new Walking there. Dead stuff for Entertainment Weekly. That's what comes up when you go to his website. Uh, yeah, pictures of everyone you could possibly think of. He's a celebrity photographer. Uh, they're conceptual portraits. They're straight portraits. They're really just beautiful. Um, in many ways, this is the kind of work I'd love to do more of, you know? Um uh, you know, J.J. Abrams and Spielberg and Amy Poehler and Schwarzenegger, like everybody. You That's know? a great shot. The the Abrams and, and Spielberg shot. That's yeah, a really, yeah, yeah. really nice shot. Yeah. Um, black and white color. Uh, obviously, a whole lot of very obvious light. Also, uh, a whole lot of uh, very natural looking light. You know, mm-hmm. this guy really is doing all kinds of stuff. You know what he does really, really well that, that not a lot of people do well? What's groups. That? Yeah, well, he's got that whole set of groups, right? He's, he's the guy who, uh, who had to take, I think, that crazy picture of um, uh, 
the the I think we did we ever talk about it on an earlier show? Um uh, uh, of of all of the Paramount people or something, I think he took the picture of. Oh, for the for the hundred years of Paramount, the yeah, celebration. Yeah, I think he did that. Is that shot. him? I think it might have been. Which uh, he he did that fantastic Princess Bride cast shot, which I love. Yeah, the recent one. Yeah, although strangely, Fred Savage nowhere to be found. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Was he really in the thing? I mean, yes, he was in the movie, but you know, he was he was he was there for uh, for show. Jeffrey, yeah, I got you. I'm looking. I'm I'm sorry. I'm 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 mesmerized <laughs> by this guy's work. I'm sorry. I just kind of zoned out for a minute. Really good stuff. Sorry. Are we doing a show? Like, We're wait, live, what? right? Who? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? Uh, yeah. I'm just uh, this beautiful work. Yeah, it's fan. It's lovely lovely work and you know I, he's one of those I don't guys think i've ever done that before have i <laughs> i just kind of zoned out yeah that was weird i thought maybe you were smoking crack or something over there um yeah he's 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 one of those guys who has done almost everything and i love people who have done a ton of stuff like this you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i would love to do more of this stuff yeah he did the he did the giant paramount 100th anniversary thing which i think we talked about at one point didn't yeah, we we did we did uh i just didn't put the name with the god face. that would be so not fun to do uh but, yeah well and geez think about you know not to put too fine a point on it but the egos that are involved on that day yeah oh yeah like you get maybe five minutes of everyone sitting there yeah on a lucky day well, like, I mean, look, we've, we've talked about the, the way those people do those things is they have stand-ins and they get it all perfect. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So you just walk out, click, 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 because all the work has been done before. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, a lot of these group shots, I would not be surprised. I mean, I know that like when Annie does a lot of these, she shoots them all separately and does it in post, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, so we don't have to worry about it. Uh, so it could be that the same thing happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, case. really nice stuff. And you know what? Uh, the other things I like is, is at least to my eye, it looks like he's mixing up the lighting. He's not doing the same style. No, no. Although it's funny because it, it, he does, you know, in a sense that like, you know, some of those pictures like that William H. Macy one is very lighting very much along the lines of the Annie Leibovitz stuff of the 90s. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, is is that to say that it's bad? No, it's beautiful. But it's it's, you know. He's got, he takes a little bit from here and a little bit from there. Yeah. And yeah. I, I personally love it. I mean, I'd love to do work at this level. Oh, great portrait to Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, yeah, that's a silly one. Yeah, that's fun. Um, so, you know, I don't know. We should, uh, I'm all yeah, for Yeah, good choice. Guy. Really good choice. Someone, someone modern, but someone we actually like. Someone modern who's doing stuff that really is that refined, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So well done, Art. We'll, we'll put some more uh, links in the show notes. And uh, I don't know. Does he have a book? Do we have a book or something that we can point to? To you, you'd think that somebody like this would, wouldn't you? You know what? You know what? You know what'll answer that question? Quick search on Amazon.com. On the Amazon Prime. Ixnay. Nope. Nothing. Nope. Yeah. Wow, that surprises me. Yeah, I'm surprised I mean, this, this kind of work. It just begs for some big beautiful coffee table book yeah yeah hey art get around to it i think yeah. you'll sell a few yeah you'll sell two right here yeah uh <laughs> you know or, or like some sort of uh enhanced 
ebook thing with interviews and stuff. Uh, Faded and Blurred would love to make it with you. We would, yeah, Art, come on now. <laughs> Send him an email. Info at. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeffrey, if somebody wants to get a hold of us, how do they do it? Well, you know what they do? They, uh, they go to the podcast at uh, On Taking Pictures, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Yep. That's one way. Yeah. That, that'll uh, send an email can, to both Jeffrey and I. Yep. You can shoot us uh, a message on the Google Plus group. And if you haven't joined, please go do. Yeah. Go do that now. Yeah. Uh, fantastic work. I, I, have been, I have been away for a little while. And oh, oh, hey, Fuji News. Uh, I, I checked this morning. In fact, I'm looking at the, the check order status page at fujifilm.com. My camera order status shipping. Ooh. So if it goes out today, which it looks like it will, uh, overnight FedEx signature required, I should have it tomorrow. So you're, you're going to use it this time, right? I, yeah, I'm hoping. <laughs> I wish we could use that, that back in the saddle again song. You know, yeah, we could probably right now could. just like back in the saddle. So I'm very <laughs> excited to be uh, to be able to uh, to uh, get that little beast back and and hopefully go do something is, with it. Is crit wall two words or one word? I would put it as two words. C R I T wall. Uh-huh. Or you know what? Maybe we do thecritwall.com. Maybe we should maybe we should get that and just make it a whole site. People could register and and have like a profile and share. And that would, that would be cool. Somebody already owns it. Are you serious? Yes. Bastards. What about otpcritwall.com? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could get that one. Do you, you know, really want that one, though? I don't know. Not really. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a critwall category to the, the group for now. Yeah, and maybe if it gets big enough, then we spin it off into something else. But for now, yeah, if, if, you, want, if you want feedback either from Bill or myself or other people in the group, put stuff in Critwall, maybe with a little note saying, hey, this isn't really working. What, what, would, you, what would you do? Or I really like this, but what do you guys think? Right. And, and let's get some dialogue going. Let's get some discussion yep. so going. So put it on Critwall if you actually want to know what people think. Yeah. Um, Fun, right? Yeah. Let's see what we can do. Uh, uh, anything uh, else? Uh, what you, you're tweeting at what? Bill Wadman? Bill That's Wadman. You and, uh, yep. and you're at Jeffrey Sidoris, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. If you like the show, go tell five people about it. Yeah, man. You know, we want to get, what do we want? We want 50,000 listeners by, I don't know, what, Monday? Yeah. Next Monday? So make that happen, people. Make that happen. Uh, you know, and Jeffrey does interviews. Hey, uh. So does Bill. So let's, uh, let's, uh. You know, if you've got a car dealership that you, uh, you, know, you want to do a ribbon cutting or something, we could do that. Uh, you know, we can do what? Uh, Schenectady Cadillac. We have to something? go to Schenectady to do that. I don't, I don't even know where that is. I just yeah, like the way it sounds. That's upstate New York in answer is to it? your question earlier. All right. I just like the way it sounds. All right. So go out and take some pictures like Jeffrey when he gets his camera back. Oh, I'm and, so uh, excited. I'm so excited. Good. I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm the first. I'm gonna take a picture of the empty shipping box. Are you really? I don't know. That's pretty nerdy. <laughs> I'm gonna do an unboxing of my camera. Oh, for the love of God! That's what I'm gonna do. All right, we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for listening.
Say. 